You're listening to the most authentic place in sports. It's the Sports Headline Show. Here are your hosts, Sean Davis and Warner Sanker. Welcome back, everybody, to the Sports Headline Show. Sean Davis here with Warner Sanker, continuing our in-depth NFL preseason power rankings with the number 20th ranked team as the B. That team is the Pittsburgh Steelers with reigning defensive player of the year, TJ Watt. Um, yeah, it's it's a very talented team, a very talented defense, but um, it's, you know, as everybody knows, every Steelers fan will tell you the, the question mark at quarterback. Although right now I, I got to say, Sean, from the front lines, Steelers nation loves Kenny Pickett. They think he's a guy. Oh, yeah, they love him, man. I mean, he, he went to Pittsburgh, so they got to see a lot of him already in college. Um, really quickly, before we dive into this breakdown, please do subscribe right here to the Sports Headline Show's YouTube channel. Ring that post notification bell as well. If you're listening to some podcasting platforms, please do give us a five-star rating and review. It's the easiest way to help out this podcast. I have a lot of great content coming your way this fall into the winter, so you guys want to stay in the know because we have some great stuff coming for you all, but... Let's kick things off here, and we are now into this tier where we've said this in the Cardinals episode, in our most recent episode with the uh, Tennessee Times, which you go check out. Teams are going to take on the identity of their head coach. The good ones do anywhere, mm-hmm. and that's how you separate the bad teams to the average teams maybe and the good teams to the elite teams. This Pittsburgh Steelers team is that. This team should not be this high if you're looking at some of the roster talent. Now, they do have some good pieces, but this team is so high because you have, obviously, the reigning defending uh, defensive player of the year. But Mike Tomlin, his impressive resume to still have not had a losing season as the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and just the culture that he's been able to establish, a winning culture, obviously. He's won a pair of Super Bowls as well, so... There really isn't much he can do wrong, honestly. I don't think they can fire him at any point. They can go 6-11 and 11 this season. I don't think he'd be on the hot seat at all. Not at um, all. Not at all in Pittsburgh. They love him. He he seems like a I'm-going-to-retire-Pittsburgh-Steeler type of head coach, honestly. I just don't see a scenario where they would ever fire Mike Tomlin. Um, Warner, any thoughts on Mike Tomlin? We'll talk about him a little bit more when we get to defensive coaching, but any thoughts on Mike Tomlin in general? No, he's he's a really great coach. Um, he he just he finds a way to um, find what a, what will make a player click. Um, he he he's a coaching coach. He's he's not that the guru. He he knows football, but he's not the uh, Kyle Shanahan making a whole new offense and having it transform the league. He's a guy that knows fundamental football, knows the NFL game, and knows more importantly how to get a player to motivate themselves, be motivated and improve. And I think that's, that's a big things. Um, he'll, he'll single out a player. He'll be like, you know, not every player is the same. It's not, you can't just go from a textbook and, and coach an effective team. So um, the, the fact that he can really um, ha- create a personal bond with the player um, while, you know, still coaching them hard and, and, you know, being a little bit mean at sometimes he does whatever he can to motivate a player. And, and I really respect that about Coach Tomlin. Absolutely. Now let's dive in here to this 
offseason, which I would say is a very net positive offseason for the Steelers. They had a decent amount of departures, but I think you can make a legitimate argument that they replaced those. I crap, I blowed the wrong one. That they um, replaced those with better players here. Um, and that's going to start. So let's look at this uh, room. Keith Butler, you do lose him, but. Uh, as, as we get talk about, we get to defensive coaching. I think that's fine, honestly. The Lucy Keith Butler is absolutely okay. Uh, Big Ben Roethlisberger, honestly, he was more of a detriment to the offense last season than he was a positive. Yeah. You just you just weren't going to bench Big Ben in his last season in Pittsburgh. And, and to be honest, he was still the best quarterback they had on that roster. True, exactly. Um, Juju Smith-Huster is a loss, but honestly, you look at it, most of these guys – Either they weren't that good for them last season or they didn't play. Juju didn't play that much last season because of the injury he suffered that would cost him to miss the rest of the season. Trey Turner is just not a good guard anymore. He had his he was really good at his prime, but his last year in Carolina, I believe, with the Chargers and then with Pittsburgh last season, he he just he just isn't a good player anymore. Uh Spawn to it. He did not play last season. He he also retired. At the end of the uh, at the end of last season, so he's gone. Joe Schobert, okay, you replace him with Miles Jack, so an, a the better Jaguars linebacker, yeah. and then Joe and then Joe Hayden. I think you found better replacements as well. Let's talk about that. Uh, I mean, heading over to the addition side of this offseason for the Steelers, they might have had the best addition in pound for pound in the entire uh, free agency class here. Um, and it's Brian Flores as a yeah. defensive assist, huh? Great hire, love it. Yeah, yeah. Brian Flores as a defensive assistant or a lo- just a linebackers coach in general. I think you'd have to imagine he'll have some hand in not necessarily calling the plays, but in terms of some of the things we're going to be designing for this defense. He ran a not exactly the same scheme, but there were some elements of his scheme that he ran in Miami that I think. You- can apply to this Pittsburgh defense. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky as a quarterback, seeing really if he uh, learned anything new from Buffalo, what they do with their quarterbacks. And I mean, what they did to Josh Allen was just remarkable. So it's incredible what they got there. And hopefully your Mitchell Trubisky can turn out to be better. Um, I think he will be better because with Chicago, we have Matt Nagy as his head coach and his play caller. So um, even though I'm, we're a little bit lower, I'm at Canada. Uh, I think you can definitely do better with Mitch. Uh, you get some interior defense, offensive line help. Uh, Mason Cole and some other pieces on that O-line. Uh, then you get Larry Ojinjobi, uh, interior defensive line piece. Really more of a, just a pass rusher on pass rushing downs, who is an upgrade from what they had last season because, again, Stephon Tewitt was out. So he's definitely going to be able to fill in and help out a lot. Uh, Miles Jack, again, better Joe Sherbert. And then Levi Wallace over Joe Hayden. Joe Hayden just really couldn't move. And Levi Wallace was a capable number two corner for that Buffalo Bills defense. And um, it, it, he, I think it will be nice with the Steelers defense as well. And DeMonte Kazee, I believe that's what it is. DeMontez Kazee, I believe. Uh, DeMonte. DeMonte. See, I was right. Um Another solid safety. So I think for the most part, you got a lot of starters. Out of he's a great third safety for this team. I, I absolutely love that. With uh, he, I mean, he might end up starting over Edmonds at some point. He he's just he's a really good player. Um, and and 
again, to add on to your Levi Wallace point, I really love the Levi Wallace pickup. Um, you know, Joe Hayden was, was getting up there in age. He's been a really, really good corner for a really, really long time, especially in the AFC North. But um, I think Levi Wallace attacks the run game. He's a good cover corner as well. And uh, pair him with Akella Witherspoon. you got two pretty solid corners. Um, although I will say, if you watched our last episode, I think a weakness of this defense is the lack of a, a shutdown corner, um, similar to what we see in uh, Tennessee. Agreed. And then uh, I do want to touch on these the players that they drafted. I thought they had a really solid draft class. Uh, Kenny Pickett, who Warner personally evaluated, I'm actually going to drop the link here. If you guys want to check out the scouting report on Kenny Pickett, Warner scouting report, check out that link down there in the ticker, or uh, I also put the link down in the uh, in the comment section below. But Kenny Pickett, I, I do think Warner liked Kenny Pickett a lot. I think, and Warner, correct me if I, I'm kind of going off what you said here. Um, I think the the biggest thing from Kenny Pickett is. Obviously, the play extension ability, not to the point where, you know, he's just a runner, but his ability to, to use his legs to extend plays, but also he has really reliable mechanics. I'm actually reading this uh, first line from one of your uh, suburbs. Yeah, that's not right grammar, but overall, Pickett has reliable mechanics featuring suburbs. really good, I, I don't know, um, <laughs> featuring good hit to shoulder separation and good drive off this back foot, um, back leg. So I think he does have really good mechanics. I think the problem with Kenny Pickett, though, what and this is just from some of the stuff I watched, I think the biggest problem with Kenny Pickett is he kind of has a clock in his head and that it be not – that first read isn't there per se. He's He does have the ability to kind of hang in, tie in the pocket, but he does definitely have this clock where it's like, okay, I'm going to run and nothing is going to stop me from running – where I, I think this is the difference. I'll give you a great example here. You look at a guy like a Josh Allen or even a Kyler Murray, where they get out of the pocket and they start to run. Those guys, I think they do a, a better job of keeping their eyes down the field to, and, until they pass the line of scrimmage, obviously. But I think Kenny Pickett, where he looks to run, he is going to run. Um, and, and that's just my thoughts there. And then let's hop into, let's talk about the scheme here really quickly, and then we'll go to quarterback Ella Warner, share his more in-depth thoughts on Kenny Pickett. Um, in terms of the value, I do like the value. George Pickens, I think they hit the hit the something. I don't know. They, I, I they, they nailed first, it. Their first four picks, I think, were tremendous value and, and really good players uh, with DeMarvin Leal as well in the third round out of Texas A&M. And then Calvin Austin, the burner, uh, with a comp pick, though not a quarterback. Yes, he is a wide receiver. Um, now, this coaching and scheme here, Matt Canada is going to be calling plays here. There's just a lot that we don't really know about Matt Canada still. He was the offensive coordinator last season. They kind of hired him to install this more modern modern pro-style offense. That's, kind of you know, spread. I don't know, Big Ben. A modern kind of pro-spread. Spread. Exactly. Um because, you know, just trying to get the ball lightning quick out of Big Ben's hands. Yeah. And I, I think in terms of that, I think with the passing game coaching, I think he did an okay job. The run game coaching was abysmal. I think part of that is due to the terrible offensive lineman play. And, but, and also, there just wasn't a threat of the deep ball, really. I think when there's no threat of the deep ball, you can bring your safeties closer to the line of scrimmage. Your corners don't have to 
be playing off so much. Now the Steelers have some really, really good deep target receivers. Um, last year was Clay, Chase Claypool. Obviously they add George Pickens here. And, um, you know, Deontay Johnson is, is a pretty solid uh, vertical receiver as well. So I think uh, with with Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky, I, I think the deep balls can be much more involved in, in this year's offense as well. Exactly. So I, I do like Matt Canada. I do think there is some upside there. But uh, it, it's just really, really hard to tell as of right now what you're going to get out of Matt Canada. Um, they're going to rank 27th in terms of coaching and scheme offensively. They're going to rank 25th overall offensively with a 65.54 grade. And let's dive into it here. I'm going to give Warner the floor here. Quarterback room is going to rank 27th. You do you do uh, sign Mitchell Trubisky in terms of value. I think it's great. Unfortunately, Dwayne Haskins did tragically pass away, so we don't get to talk about him, and which means that we don't get to talk about uh, him being the number two quarterback because I think he would have been better than Mason Rudolph and potentially Mitch. But Warner, take the floor with uh, Kenny Pickett. Yeah, no, uh, I, I really um, evaluating Kenny Pickett. He showed all the uh, NFL traits uh, that he needed to make. He uh, he he had the the throw power, the zing on the ball, the ability to go deep and also fit the ball into tight windows. He had. Some good accuracy and, and good placement. Um, those were definitely not weaknesses in his game. Um, he could make all the NFL throws. He could throw a 20-yard out um, without it being picked off by an, uh, an NFL quality corner. Um, and, and you know, of course, obviously, the, the running is really what he caught most of his attention for with that fake slide, I want to say, against Coastal Carolina, I want to say. Um, I forget who the fake slide was against, but – he, he, he can run the ball. He can extend plays. He's got a pretty good pocket presence. Um, I will say one thing that he also had was a tendency to target one receiver. Now, that one receiver was Jordan Addison, who won the Blitnikoff Award. I think that's the be- the award for best receiver. Correct me if I'm wrong, Sean. But um, I, I do believe that, um, you know, that could hamper his game because, um, you know, in the NFL, if you only target one receiver, you're going to be going up against teams that are just going to take him out of the game. Um, now, in Pittsburgh, he doesn't have to do that because he, he's he got three very, very good receivers uh, with Deontay Johnson most likely out of the slot and then Piggins and Claypool on the outside. But um, I think that's some kinks he's going to have to work through in his game. But overall in the preseason, he's also looked very, very good, um, you know, completing most of the majority of his passes, um, you know, extending plays. He, he, he's just – he's an all-around – good quarterback that that just doesn't have any off the wall holy crap eyes bulging out of your head traits um say like Malik Willis or Sam Howell or or Matt Corral although we won't be able to see him with his his foot problem um so you know I thought he was the most pro ready quarterback coming out of the draft and the uh, Steelers took him number one or uh with their first pick 20th overall and 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 I like the I like the pick and I like the fit I think he's he could end up being about the 15th best quarterback this year um, with everything going right. Mitchell Trubisky, um, I think, as you noted, Sean, earlier, uh, he you, you want to give him the benefit of the doubt, but you feel uncomfortable about it. Uh, you want to give the Bills coaching staff the benefit of the doubt, I guess, is what I should say um, with what they did with Josh Allen. Obviously, Trubisky is not as talented as Allen, and I'm not saying he's going to be Josh Allen. But um, he had similar problems to Allen. He's also another really athletic quarterback in terms of his the waist down. 
Um, and, and he can sling the ball around the yard too. I think those are your only significant players. Uh, Mason Rudolph, I don't see him starting and, and the rookie Chris Olatikun, um is just buried on that depth chart. Honestly, I would kind of expect Mason Rudolph, if there's any trade value out there for him, to be traded for sixth or seventh round pick. Otherwise, uh, you keep him on the roster till his contract expires, I guess. I, I I love your analysis. And again, go check out that article. A great job by Warner. And uh, hopefully we actually will be doing a lot more draft content this season. Uh, we'll have some more people helping us out with that process. So I'm really excited about that. And uh, you'll be seeing more stuff like that from us this year. But let's hop into some of the weapons that Kenny Pickett is going to have to play with this season. And uh, Deontay Johnson, let's start off with him, man. And I think the biggest thing, the biggest problem with Deontay Johnson heading into last season was the drop Drops. concerns. And not saying that it's completely fixed. It was actually so bad that one point I called him several weeks in a row, Deontay Dropson. Um, but so not saying it's completely fixed yet, but I, there was positive growth in that department last season because, man, you put the ball in his hands. He is a dynamic playmaker with the ball in his hands. And he's a, he's slowly creeping up there in terms of the premier separators in football. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, just his ability to get off the line of scrimmage and make separation, which is something that's going to be perfect. And, and for he Kenny. does it. He does it how you want the pro receiver now to do it, and that's with his feet and his quickness and his athleticism, not his his hands and just his enormous wingspan going to be able to outmuscle somebody like it, like in like a thirty year old Des Bryant had to do, you know. Um, whereas Deontay Johnson is taking the same route as the Keenan Allen's, the Justin Jeffersons, Devontae Adams of the league, and Stephon Diggs of guys that are they're a good size, about six foot tall, you know, uh, maybe on the skinnier side but they are just so quick, so athletic. They're, they're real good with sinking their hips into the ground as they cut and disguising routes as well that it just it creates separation and just makes it super hard for a corner to to stay with them. Exactly. And then you you pair one separator, pure separator, with arguably another really, really good separator with some great run-after-the-catch and yard-after-the-catch abilities in George Pickens, who was an absolute stud at Georgia, I think, Blew under the weight radar a little bit because of suspect quarterback play. They did yeah. wind up winning a national championship, so I think that helped them out just a little bit. Um, but dude's a, a freak athlete that has a, a huge catch radius, uh, some reliable hands as well. And uh, man, and from the Steelers fans I've talked to and some other people oh, I, I know, him. they love George Pickens. And Chase Claypool might be the third receiver in this depth chart by the end of the year. But you're looking at a typical, you know, big body, go up and catch 50-50 ball receiver. The problem is they, after year one, I think they were really more creative with Chase Claypool. They really limited his role last season due to Big Ben's lack of arm strength last season. But I I think Matt Canna didn't do a good enough job last season trying to scheme up touches for Chase Claypool, especially after Juju went down. It's pretty much Deontay Johnson, uh, Najee Harris or Pat Farmers are bust. Um, so I, I really hope that we see some more creativity with Chase Claypool. But think of your Mike Williams. Think think of guys like that. I think yeah. I think Mike Williams has a little bit more of a diverse route tree. But I, I do think Chase Claypool is a dynamic playmaker that can go up and get balls. Um, and he, he is I an mean, elite. He, he's like 6'5", 230. That ran, I think, a 4'4", four, four or 4'3". Four, 
Yeah, he so plays he's, he's tight a track end and star. receiver in Notre Dame. He he is a very talented and athletic player, and to have him as your receiver three is just is is amazing. Um, also, George Pickens, the eleventh receiver taken in the draft, um, and and really looking back at this class, it's not necessarily like he felt like like Amon Ra going after um, um, Des. What's his face on the Titans? Um, but you know, I, I think you could argue for Pickens to be taken over, say a Wandale Robinson, John Mechie, Taekwon Thornton, maybe a Christian Watson. But I mean, <laughs> Drake London, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jamison Williams, Jahan Dodson, Traylon Burks, and then maybe it, it, either Watson or Pickens, really, at, at round two, pick two. I mean, that's just that's incredible. Yeah, and uh, Pat Firemuth and Najee Harris, I, I think those are. Two of the better finds you're gonna get from those positions, Pat Firemuth, you know, really kind of flew under the move, really flew under the radar, in my opinion, coming out of college due to some really bad quarterback play and the fact that Kyle Pitts is just ridiculous on him, to be completely honest with you. But Firemuth's a dog. Firemuth is a blocker, good, good receiver. Great, great um, reliable he's, hands. He's just getting better. Great reliable hands. Um, and, and he who runs really solid routes. And I mean, he, he, he's just a really dynamic playmaker. Um, and I think by the end of the season, I think you could see him not fully crack it, but get close to that top five tight I end. List. Say that. I mean, you, if like, you look at your top three young tight ends, young tight ends, so not Kelsey, not um, um, Mr. Baltimore, not Ke- Andrews. There we go. Not, not Kittle, Andrews, Kelsey, and, uh, Kittle, not Waller. Waller. Aside of those four, you're looking at TJ Hawkinson, Kyle Pitts, and Pat Fryermuth, I think, to be that next that next guy. And trust me, all three of those guys are guys. Oh, they are all guys. Um, I, I do want to say here, Calvin Austin the third. I do actually really like this pick here, yeah. I believe, in the fourth I think they, round. I really like the depth with him and Miles Boykins. Um, to be able to step in if, if say, a Chase Claypool or Deontay Johnson. I know he's had a little bit of injury history. I, I like those guys to step in. Yeah, I think Calvin Austin the third could be your really – your Ray Ray McLeod replacement there in the fourth round. Really, just the guy that you scheme open, you get really, like, gimmicky plays dialed up for. Except Calvin Austin is a legit track star yeah, with legit right, speed. 4-3 yeah. speed on tape. It is real. Um, so Calvin Austin the third, I think I love that pickup. Elsewhere in uh, in this receiving room, I mean Zach Gentry's fine, more just a a blocker if anything, who I guess can can do some things out from the tight end spot. Um, and then really none of your running backs I truly like. Uh, yeah, I will to agree replace. With that. Not, I mean Anthony McFarland, I guess is your closest closest thing to a um receiving back outside of Najee Harris, but I think give Najee Harris credit. He is known as that power back, a big, uh, what is he, 6'2", like 240. Um, but he he's a really good catcher of the football and a dynamic receiver out of the backfield. We saw it at Alabama, and we we, we saw it even last year as well. He's 6'1", 230, um, and he had 74 catches last year. Um, now, a lot of those were little swing passes that he started five yards back in the backfield because Big Ben wanted to roll out and fall over his own feet. Um, but that was a hilarious play. But um, it, I think he um, you didn't you didn't necessarily see the uh, yards per catch numbers where you want them to be at for uh, for a running back. But um, I think just the fact that Big Ben was willing to throw him the ball seventy four times 
meant that, um, yes, he was mostly the closest player to Big Ben when he at the time of the throw. But um, I, I think that just shows Big Ben's trust in his in his hands. Yes, and I, even though Big Ben was not good last season, I feel like we've ran that point to death at this point. Um, I think it does mean something if a Hall of Famer does have your trust and you've earned it. Um, so, but let's talk about this running back room. It's going to rank 13th in football with an eight grade. Again, Steelers fans, do not crush us. This does not mean that Najee Harris, although there are a bunch of great running backs, I'm not sure where Najee would necessarily fall. There's a, there's a ton of great ones. Uh, but this is your running back room as a whole. And good Lord, for what Najee had to work with, a bad quarterback, bad quarterback play in general, one of the worst offensive line. What Najee was able to do last season, not saying your offensive line play is much better this season, but Najee is a dude. He is him. He has that dog in him. Um, And Najee Harris, very clearly the best running back coming out of that draft class. He was coming out with Travis Etienne, who I did really, really like a whole lot. I but, thought uh, Najee was better than Etienne coming out. I did too. No, no, yeah. I was saying that. He's a more complete back, better in the football, bigger. Um, who, who has, who has great... see, Travis Etienne's a dog. Let's not get that wrong. I mean, I don't want people to trot down his name because he missed last year. He's on the Jags, um, on you know, Mr. Mr. Fingers team, oh, Mr. Kicking Kickers team uh, last year. So let's, what, let's what not a, ni- what a nightmare that was. What a nightmare oh, that was. It was hilarious, though. Oh boy. Um, but Najee has great vision, but just, who is kind of patient as well. He has he has a patience about him coming out that I think we really did see a lot of. I think he could be a little bit better at it though. I think last season it was so much I gotta get the big play because his offensive line sucks. So, you know, who knows if I'm gonna get a carry for four yards again this game. Um just we're gonna be a little more patient, but I think he has great vision who can turn on the, the jets. It, whenever he wants, to be honest. After that, Jalen Warren, you have, you have some okay depth here, but guys have kind of been worn out at this point. Pittsburgh, yeah. they, they, they've just kept around for, for culture, I guess, at this point, to be completely honest with you. Warren, anything else you want to add on? Yeah, no, just they've just been kept around to be backup running backs. Um, and, you know, I'm just glad they they found their, their franchise guy in Najee Harris uh, after – after the whole Le'Veon Bell, uh, this and that, and the other thing. So, yeah. All right. Moving on to the offensive line here. It's going to rank 27th here in the NFL. Uh, not the ideal landing spot for a quarterback that's a rookie and probably going to be the starter, if not by week four, right away, um, or Mitchell Trubisky. Um, I mean, I mean, Mason Cole's fine. James Daniels, uh, I think at some point. James think, Daniels is the best offensive lineman, I mean, overall. Kevin, uh, he, Kevin, he's their Kevin best Dodson, lineman coming over from the Bears. Kevin Dodson's fine as well. I don't know, man. This this room is just really, really bad. It's it's not a starting cal- – this is not something you want to really help out your rookie quarterback. Um, Dan Moore Jr. is just – awful he is not a good left tackle and not somebody you want to be protecting your quarterback's blind side I think at some point you got to give Kendrick Green a shot whether it's via you know knock on one for Steelers fans an injury to one of your interior linemen or you know just you getting him in there at some point I think you got to um because I, I think you guys see what he, what's he got what he's got and I think 
he could be a better run blocker than what you have on this offensive line, which is without a shadow of a doubt, one of the worst offensive uh, linemen rooms in the entire NFL. Um, Warner, what are your thoughts on this room? Yeah, no, it's just um, they're weak at the tackles. Um, Chuma Okorafor, if I'm saying that correctly, um, has gotten a lot better as his career has progressed. Uh, hopefully for the Steelers, he can take that step. But yeah, you, you ideally you would have um, at least one very good starting caliber tackle uh, on roster. And, um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a room that doesn't really have the starters um, nor, I mean, the depth on the interior is fine, but nor, nor the tackle uh, depth. I, I, I'm just not particularly fond of Joe Hay and Trent Scott, Chaz Green. Um, they just, they don't push the needle. They don't at all. I mean, again, Dan Moore, he, he showed some positive stuff as a run blocker last season. But, um, again, Kevin Dotz is probably your best pass protector, and he's a left guard. And even then, he's probably a fine starting caliber pass protector. So, yeah, this room leaves a lot to be desired, and that's why this, the, uh, this offense is going to come in ranking 25th in football. But they rank 20th. In football, and offense actually does get the larger percentage of grade here. But man, let's talk about this defense uh, for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers really quickly. Strengths and weaknesses for the Steelers offensively. I mean, I think it's very cut and dry. The dynamic playmakers in both facets of the offense, your running back room, specifically Najee Harris, he, he's a stud. Um, and then you receive your weapons. I think in terms of your top four, we say this about a lot of teams, but your their top four is really, really good. And I think at some point this season, if their top four, this receiver room became borderline top 10, and they're already pushing the needle there. They're ranking 15th. I, I think you have a lot of guys that need to prove something and need to show it one more year. Like, can Deontay Johnson put together? Yeah. Uh, put, yeah, can Deontay Johnson put together a more complete year? where the, he starts to fix the drop concerns, and that's not really a problem anymore. Can Chase Claypool have a bounce-back year three? George Pickens, is he as good as we're advertising? Pat Frymuth taking the next step, et cetera, et cetera. I, I think that's the, the key for the Steelers uh, to get that top-10 receiver room because I think they have all the stuff there. Uh, I think the youth that they have, I think they're a year or two away from really competing if everything goes right. Yeah. Uh, and even though Mike Tomlin is the coach offensively, he oversees in some degree. So coaching does get a, a bump up here. Day one, I'm really we're really questionable about this quarterback room and the offensive line. It doesn't matter if it's day one or day 174. This offensive line is not a good offensive line. And I would be stunned if at any point this season you're even looking at an average offensive yeah. line. I will bite my words on that if that does come to fruition. Let's now dive in to this defense here that's gonna rank number fifth in the NFL is going to rank fifth and they're kind of unique because I think there are three coaches that kind of will have some input in some of the stuff they're going to be running here defensively uh obviously Mike Tomlin Mike Tomlin being your head coach overseeing the defense uh Terrell Austin who they have the utmost confidence in I think it's going to do a phenomenal job and then again you freaking hire Brian Flores as a defensive assistant um 
Warner was muted there, but Warner's facial expression was like, "Good lord, how do they?" What do a that? great hire! You're right, uh, but what, what a, a great hire! And and you know, Flores ran a very a man heavy uh, system with with I mean, blitzing linebackers. T.J. Watt is going to be Brian Flores' dream, literally. And you're already looking. This is basically, I mean, the scheme he wrote down was three four Blitzburg. Because that's what it is. It is this 3-4 attacking scheme, but it's really just Pittsburgh spamming blitz all over again. And they get really, really creative with it. They they use some stunts, but they really rely on the just the the pass rush presence of their guys on the outside. And let, let's kick things off with that. You're looking at the – we rank them six, the six best pass rush room in football, T.J. Watt. Well, is probably not the best – edge rusher in football we're gonna take some flack for that i, I don't think, care he's not the best i think you got miles garrett who's better um slightly uh, steelers fans hate that by the way steelers I mean, fans are i'm experiencing the first hand up here a lot of pittsburgh people and a lot of cleveland people and um they cannot stand people it, saying miles garrett's better than tj watt and the argument they always use is tj watt doesn't take off a play and miles garrett sometimes takes off plays but Miles Garrett, I'm sorry. Um, I think you throw Max Max Crosby in that uh, list. Uh, uh, TJ Watts better than Max. So that, I you draw know, the I line. Think, I think those are the those are your top three edge rush guys right now. If I'm not forgetting anybody, uh, obviously, I think, in general, you throw Aaron Donald in there. He's number one. I had somebody yesterday tell me that TJ Watt was better than Aaron Donald. Yeah. Okay. But really, really quickly, I do. We're getting off on a tangent here. I think both the Boses are better than Max Crosby, at least for right now. Crosby oh, I forgot both the Boses. I knew I forgot somebody. Yeah, I was about to say, I, I hope you weren't forgetting them. I'm still about to say, yeah. yeah. Crosby was great last year, but he needs to show at least another year of like that insane level production. But no, no doubt about it. And I think this is, again, where we get to see Brian Flores. Again, he's not technically calling plays, but I think some of the stuff, he, he's definitely going to have a hand in my opinion, and I think he should on what they're going to be doing here. Um, I, I think the the biggest thing and the reason why Brian Flores in Miami and the difference is they would use a lot more stunts and a lot more creative ways to get their edge rushers, some easy looks on rush, on rushing the quarterback, along with scheming up some blitzes and some things of that nature. But what Brian Flores was unable to have ever in Miami was just this elite number one pass rush on the outside so I think Brian Flores, it, and I think he's going to collaborate with your defensive coordinator, who I'm, now, I'm already blanking on, to get creative with some of these blitz pressure schemes here that they're going to be running. Cam Hayward on the inside is, is a, just a freak still. Larry Odenjobi is an upgrade because, again, no Stephon Tua last season, and Chris Warmly was really filling that role, and granted, he did a serviceable job at it. He's and a little Alex, depth piece for him. I, I do agree with starting experience, but Odenjobi is an upgrade. Exactly, and then Alex Highsmith on the outside uh, ha- has shown really good flashes. I, I think you-, you take TJ Watt away. I'm not sure what you get from Alex Highsmith, but not much. He, he, he <laughs> not much, but he is a solid number, maybe mid tier to low end number two pass yeah, rusher that can that really when you get him open, he's definitely going to win some one on ones. That I think he's done a-, a great job of adding to his pass rush tool belt. 
Um, and that really allows this pass rush room to shine. They're just really missing Stephon to it. But, uh, Warren, I know you were biting at the bit to get to something about this pass yeah, rush room. Just on, on your Brian Flores comment, that is an advantage to him, but I will say a disadvantage is he does not have Byron Jones and Xavier Howard uh, as his as his corners, um, who are just terrific man corners um, in their own right. And speaking of the secondary, let's go on here to Pittsburgh secondary. Levi Wallace and Akella Witherspoon, Cam Sutton in the slot. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, and then either Terrell Edmonds or Demonte Kazee. Either way, really love your safety depth um, with with the other one of those two, and then Carl Joseph. Um, otherwise, I mean, you're just you're lacking that number one, that alpha corner, um, that similar to Tennessee, and uh, you know Levi Wallace and Nikella Witherspoon just aren't as good as uh, Christian Fulton and Caleb Farley. My bad, I was muted that time. Yeah. But about Cam Sutton, man, I, I think it's really ideal that you keep him outside. Uh, I'm sorry, inside in the slot. Yeah. Not that he 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 has some starting outside corner experience, but I think you can really maximize his role as a slot corner. Um, now, granted, if Levi Wallace or Akella Witherspoon do go down with an injury, I think you're stuck with putting Cam Sutton out there because between James Pierre and Trey Norwood, no thanks in terms of you know throwing well, one play of those guys you're just gonna have demonte kazee maybe, maybe or maybe, all day maybe um or i think you just figure something out there man uh but cam Sutton, really zone extinctive corner that's a great job of tackling and i thought you know he's clearly better in the slot but i thought he, he held his own in some instances outside um and then with Sutton as well you replace Mike Hilton with them and you know Pittsburgh seemed rather confident just letting him walk to a division yeah. rival but it's really panned out for him and I think Cam Sutton along with Levi Wallace you pick up Akella Witherspoon who did a really nice job last last season you brought back Akella Witherspoon um so and then Mika Fitzpatrick is just a really by the way reunited with Brian Flores I believe um yeah. just a really oh, I, I don't think they ended on good terms I'll leave it on good terms, but uh, just a ball hawk hey, of a safety that has great ball skills. But uh, in terms of his coverage ability, he does lose his spots every once of, in a while. Speaking of, Brian Flores used him in that kind of uh, almost a Derwin James role, playing him at some linebacker, a lot of slot safety. Um, if in your injury hypothetical, if like, a Keller Witherspoon and Levi Wallace goes down, I wouldn't mind moving Minka to the slot and then having Demonte Kazee and Terrell Edmonds as my as my starting safeties. It wouldn't be ideal, but um, I think that's definitely a possibility. And, and I, I would love to see um, the Steelers get really creative with Minka. Uh, I would love to see it. I think he's that athletic and that smart and talented as, as a player. I know that's why he wanted out of Miami in the first place, but um, I don't I I would love to see it. Yeah, and again, I think he's a very he's a ball hawk of a safety that has some good traits. He's an athlete. Um, he's he's just not consistent enough as a zone uh, safety to to be up there with the Kevin Byards who we just talked about in the last he, he episode. Just, he Justin Simmons, and, Durant and James. They don't, he takes risks, and if they don't pan out, then touchdown, <laughs> touchdown. All right, this run defense room here is going to rank fourth in the NFL. T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward, Tyson Alou. Uh, 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 Warner, go ahead. You can do that one. Alu, alu. Yeah, there we go. I see. I got it. 
Uh, it's just A-L-U-A-L-U. Alu There we go. There go. Yay. Uh, Chris Wormley, I think you got a great group up front in your interior rush. Miles Jack, Devin Bush can really help out here as well. And, I mean, fourth, do not do not take this lightly. Do not take this lightly as, at all. I think this dealer's team, it feels like no matter who this are out there, it's always going to be one of the toughest teams, if not the toughest team to, to run on every run single year. Run the ball, year. stop the run. Exactly. And, uh, again, it's now you have this. Mike Tomlin, by the way, if you guys didn't know that. And now you have – just and if it wasn't for a particular team, like this literally is the best coaching staff defensively in the NFL. It's obviously second um defensively, but you're you're not gonna be able to run on this team. TJ Watt, who is a really good run defender. Um, I think I like your depth, especially in the interior as well. Lirion and Joby is is fine. I think DeMarvin Leal and Montrevious Adams are going to make their impact here on the run more so as, as a pass rusher this season. Cam Sutton, I like your 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 DBs in terms of how they can stop the run as well. Cam Sutton and Terrell Edmonds, uh, I think they're going to do a serviceable, serviceable job in this department as well. So they're going to rank fourth here for us, and let's wrap things up defensively with the defensive strengths and weaknesses. Uh, an elite run defense, elite pass rush duo, more so talking about Cam Hayward and T.J. Watt. Yeah. You have really athletic linebackers, and we should have just said defensive coaching in general, but Mike Tomlin and Brian Flores specifically. The only real weakness, and I don't even think that's doing them justice, sus corners, I think the corners are just okay. I think that's what, what I'd it is. Say, I'd say they are They're good, not great. You know, um, you in the NFC North, you've got a lot of talented receivers. Well, I don't know if I'd say a lot of about half of them are in Pittsburgh, but you got to go up against the, the the combo of Jamar Chase and T Higgins on the outside. I'm talking. Um, you've got to go up against Amari Cooper um, for the Browns, but I, I think as you continue to advance in the AFC, then you're going to have Stephon Diggs with the Bills, assuming you make the playoffs. Uh, Stephon Diggs, you're going to have um, Jerry Judy and uh, Corlin Sutton, um, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. You know, it's just it's um, Devonte Adams and and other receiver, um, not Hunter Renfro. He's not a perimeter guy, but um, you know, it, it's they they don't match up favor, and and not a lot of not a lot of corners match up favorably against Devonte Adams or Stephon Diggs or Keenan Allen. But um, not it's it's not a good matchup for you. And and when you have um, Trell Edmonds, I mean. You, Minka Fitzpatrick's good. You, you don't have that safe guy. You don't have that conservative Adrian Amos going to make all the right plays, not going to get burnt, make his tackles type safety in this in this um, secondary that you can really rely on if a corner gets beat. Exactly. Let's wrap things up here again. Final grade in notes. We're going to rank fifth defensively, 25th offensively, the 75.17 grade here. And let's check out the schedule. Man, Mike Tomlin never having a losing season in his tenure as the Pittsburgh Steelers head coach. Let's see if it continues. They're oh, gonna lose. Oh, no. They're gonna lose week one. They're gonna lose week two against the Bengals and Patriots. They're gonna win week three and week four against the Browns and Jets. Lose week five and week six against the Bills and Bucks. We're gonna beat the Dolphins and the Eagles week seven, week eight. So going to the bye four and four. See five hundred right there. Uh, you're gonna have week ten and week eleven. I think they're gonna beat the Saints and the Bengals coming out. But upset alert! 
I, I think they get I think they get split with the Bengals. Then they're going to lose to the Colts, beat the Falcons, lose to the Ravens at home, but beat the Panthers. And then you get to this last stretch here. You're at seven wins. You're probably already out of the playoff mix, to be completely honest. Uh, you're seven and seven. You need to win two out of your last three to continue the streak. You lose to the Raiders in week 16. You beat the Ravens, so you split with the Ravens. But unfortunately... Hold on, Sean. I disagree. Because if we learn anything from Juju Smith-Schuster, the Browns is the Browns. And week 18, the Browns probably going to be Browning. I and feel like Mike, I feel like we've had Mike the Browns. Gets that ninth win. I feel like we've had the Browns lose to everybody. I know we hate their guts right now, but I feel like we've had the Browns lose to everybody. No, it's really unfortunate though. They, I mean, they do host the Browns. So that's going to help. That's the uh, help. not Heinz Field at not Heinz Field. Um, that's I think I don't remember what the name is, but it's some insurance company. I'm just going to call it not Heinz Field. Um, that over, that over under is inaccurate yeah. i'm actually gonna go over i would bet my life not my life savings i would bet significant money that they hit the over um you, you know tomlin's eight figures that they don't get <laughs> <laughs> um i don't know man like the, some of these games we are being very generous with like at, at philly at miami miami is like a, a weirdly tough place to play for some reason uh the saints and the Bengals out of the bye week are two really tough games you have them at home so we'll give them the benefit of the doubt there um that Saints game is probably going to be a 10 to 3 win (laughs) probably (laughs) honestly um but man i think if there's few teams in the nfl that have earned the benefit of the doubt the pittsburgh steelers are one of them so this offense is bad um but mike tomlin's earned the benefit of the doubt i would bet the over here if you're a betting man or just don't place any bet i'd rather place no bet than place the under honestly i i just don't see them going like six and eleven or seven and ten yeah, personally yeah. i mean it's, it's tomlin and they have a great defense barring any mat like weird health scare i think they'll somehow find a way to win eight or eight or nine games somehow i think they'll find a way I agree with you. Um, and, and again, week 18, got my eyes on it. And not Heinz Field, I think they beat the Browns and uh, go 9-8. and eight And again, have like the 19th pick of the draft and don't get Bryce Young. Um, and don't get but, Bryce you know, Young. Can, and, I, I, I don't know. You're, you're so far into the tradition of being above average that you might as well keep doing it. You know, you, you, you don't want to just say, all right, you know what? Never had a losing season. Now we go f- – Two and fifteen. Now, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna tank. I, I, I just don't. Dang, man, Brian Flores always in the middle of the. He just loves to tank. I guess. I know, right? Like, what, what is uh, what, what, what is wrong with that, Brian Flores? All right, guys, thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of Sports Online's podcast. If you guys are new, please just subscribe right here. It's the Sports Online Show YouTube channel. Ring that post notification bell as well. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore DABI. And Warner on Twitter, and I want to say Warner underscore Sinker. I Something like that. Right. I, don't, I don't really know to be honest, but uh, I'll be in the mentions probably. I might might be in the comments. If you really want to, you can find me. Aw, see Warner. Warner wants to be genuine on Twitter. Thank you guys so much for watching. We're gonna be pushing these out like crazy, so stay safe. We'll see you guys next time. Peace out.